Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to MAP Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everyone. This is Mav Sports Take, episode 37, your weekly podcast for sports business and everything that you need to know in the sporting world in general. We, here we tackle the business of all the news you hear about on a daily basis and some that you don't hear about. Tonight we have a really fun show. We're going to be welcoming on all ACC defensive back Michael Carter, safety out of Duke University, to discuss his 2021 NFL draft journey. We'll also be joined by Delta State secondary coach Jeff Terry on to discuss navigating COVID cancellations and little insight into J.C. Horn and, a fo- and as a football player, as well as a preview of Julius Jr. Falk, who I believe could be the top prospect coming out of Division II football next year in the 2022 NFL Draft. It's all unmuzzled and all tonight here on Mav Sports Take. David, how are you, man? We haven't talked much. How are you? Oh, man, I am back on the on the grind. I've, you know, planes, trains, automobiles just to get me around this country from Birmingham to San Diego, HBCU out to the hub. We're finding 2020, you know, 2020, 2021 draft class guys all the way through street free agents. So Mav Sports is in the mix no matter what's happening with these players. We are trying to help them achieve their dreams, whether that's playing NFL, CFL, arena ball, whatever it is. And it is just that time of year where we are staying busy, very little sleep, you know, and racking up the miles. Who needs sleep? Who needs sleep? Shout out to everybody. We are live here on the NFL Draft Bible live stream on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Shout out to Dan Cassidy in the room. Dan, thank you so much for being with us. We can depend on you every week. And on top of the two great interviews that we have this week, we're, we took some mailbag questions. But figuring, David, maybe we, uh, you know, with the HBCU roots, we got to talk a little Eddie George to uh, to Tennessee State. Yeah, very interesting to say the least. Um, really, really cool headline. Maybe we, we might actually start with that one in a second, and then of course I want to talk about the hub a little bit. David was just out in Cali for the hub, so I want to get a little breakdown of how that experience was. But again, we thank you all so much for joining us tonight. If you want to throw in any live questions at any time, throw it out there. We're here all night um, until our first interview anyway, and then we can't answer your questions, unfortunately. <laughs> but we appreciate everybody. So, David, let's start here, okay? I, you know, you we talked about the HBCU Combine to kind of start last week's show. Obviously, you're out at the Hub football camp this week. Uh, how was the event? How were the athletes? Uh, it looked like a very good turnout from what I saw. Yeah, the crop was really good. Uh, I was fortunate. I got a chance to, you know, Rick, myself, and others, the coaches, were able to really work together and put together a nice staff of players this time. Uh, Don graciously said it was a really up level up from players. You know, we had, I think it was 12 
or 13 players that used to have uh, NFL contracts. We had another dozen or so that were CFL athletes. We had um, 25 Power 5 schools conference guys. So then we sprinkled in some guys around it um, that, you know, were great. And the quarterback group was really awesome. You know, we had guys like uh, Luis Perez and, you know, uh, Francois and Bray and stuff. So, you know, on top of which there was uh, Josh Love. And so there's just so many of these guys that were out there, you know, out there performing, doing great. Unknown guys like Jake Smith, who was at SUNY Cortland, made a really good impression with the coaches. So did Kyle Smith. One of the biggest standouts, though, was a running back, uh, Devontae Williams, uh, Southeastern Louisiana. We Hi, asked Devante. Him, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We asked him not only to do running back drills, but receiver drills. And he was one of the better receivers, too. So, you oh. know, it was it was fun to watch him. Obviously, Eric Swoops was there, a tight end, a really great tight end that stood out a lot was uh, Daquan Hampton, USC player, um, mm-hmm. and and another tight end was uh, Cheyenne O'Grady from Arkansas, had a really great day, yeah. caught caught the ball the best outside of his frame out of everybody, a couple one-handers that he just went up and plucked. Um, you know, so it was, it was really a good group. I could sit here and go on and on. Obviously we had Brandon Marshall, the, um, you know, 31 year old linebacker that's trying to make a comeback. And he, he looked great out there doing his thing. So many of these kids, I'll be doing write-ups and doing things for this week. So we'll get those out to the teams and we'll get those out to, um, everybody as soon as, as soon as I can grind them out and get them done. Yeah, I know O'Grady's a really interesting guy because he, you know, he had a lot of production in Arkansas, and obviously his his career did not end quite the way uh, that he wanted to. But I'm glad that he's getting a little bit of publicity, a little bit of an opportunity there for sure. And I know we're about to bring on Michael Carter against safety, defensive back out of Duke University, a very good football player. I think he's going under the radar a little bit, to be honest with you guys. And then, uh, you know, he uh, went to his pro day and ran like in the four high four threes and really good stuff on top of what I consider to be very good tape. So. David, if you're ready, let's bring on our first guest. You ready for this? Let's do it. Absolutely. So, again, we're bringing on Michael Carter, defensive back out of Duke University, 2021 NFL draft prospect. Real quick background on Michael. 46 career games for the Blue Devils, 36 starts, had 135 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, four interceptions, 24 pass breakups, caused a fumble, fumble recovery, quarterback pressure, 2023 team all ACC selection, three-time all academic pick in the AC as well. Represented Duke at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl in January, although, of course, it was a virtual event this year. Still a great accomplishment. And then he was the team captain in 2020. Michael, I've been a fan of yours for a while, man. Appreciate you popping in with us, man. How's everything going? Yeah, everything's going good. I, mean, I hope you can hear me good uh, back at home with the best connection I could get. So, uh, you know, I hope everything's going good, though. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we hear, we hear you loudly, clearly. Um, excited to have you on. I want to kind of start you out um, by talking about the unfortunate events, uh, Michael, because I know, you know, with the COVID-19 pandemic, is there going to be a season? Is there not going to be a season? Fortunately for you, the ACC was pretty firm from the beginning. You know, we're going to have a season. We're going to get through it. And, you know, they did the best of their ability. Obviously, can you just take me through maybe a little bit of the uncertainty and how you were best able to navigate what was a very tough situation? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we was all kind of, uh, you know, down about possibly not having a season. Um, but, but you know, if there's one thing that, you know, I 
tightness, work hard, and, and it can hopefully everything works out the way it's supposed to. And and so, you know, in the off season, and you know, I just stayed on my training regimen and and was putting my skills and lifting and getting stronger, and then you know, holding holding my team. We were checking in on each other, just making sure everybody was possible. Uh, so when we got back, you know, we could be the best team possible. And Michael, I'm actually going to pop you off for a second. It looks like the, the internet's a little off. So if, if you, maybe if you could try to reconnect, sorry about that. Um, but David, so this guy, very interesting player as we try to fix this connection issue, right? So he's a starting safety. They have another good safety named Marquise Waters, um, number zero, actually, who wore this year. So they play a ton of too high. Um, but he, so he's a guy that he's usually the guy getting rolled down. He doesn't play as much on the roof. But for me, when I was watching his game, like he's quick twitch. He's got a little bit of a smaller frame, but he can really click and close very quickly. I, I thought he was going to test relatively well, but then he went to the pro day, like I said, and ran in the 4-3. So I'm wondering here, a guy that started 36 games in the ACC conference, a multi-dimensional player who has played a little bit of everything in the secondary, can play nickel, can play safety, play in the box a little bit. He's been versatile. Why are not more people talking about it? I'm just a little confused about it. Well, what's again? I I don't know him as well as you. Obviously, I fit a lot there. So, what was his height and his weight on his pro day? I need, I need to check real quick. I believe he was right around five foot eleven and one hundred ninety five pounds or so. So he wasn't a small guy. No, he's not a small guy. And honestly, that make I mean, it doesn't make sense if he runs a four three and he's five one one five ish and one ninety one ninety five. You know, it's a situation where you see the tackle production at one one hundred thirty five of them. You know, um, you know, seven and a half tackles for a loss. So he's not you know scared to insert and get behind the line of scrimmage and deal with the big boys. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a sack to his credit and uh, 24 pass breakups. I mean, your your interception to pass breakup ratio might not lead you to like the best ball hawk, you know, in the world. But I mean, when you got your hands on the ball 24 times, those are 24 pass breakups that, you know, people didn't complete. So, you know, for me, this kind of guy honestly reminds me a lot of what the Panther makeup would be back under Marty and um, them. So this would be a, a Washington football candidate in my opinion, and he would be ideal for what they're going to be looking for. And Ron's a defense um, playing him in the nickel or even, you know, bumping him outside in their scheme and, you know, having him play like the right side corner would be something they would look for in, in this kind of player. I don't know if he's a left side corner for, you know, Ron. Ron likes a little bit more length than that, but yeah. a right side corner would, would be somebody that Ron would look at this type player to play for him and or a nickel type person. So, you know, I, I, I could see that fit. I think in the New York Giants scheme, this guy would be more of a safety, you know, almost like how they play Peppers. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you know, this would be a good backup to Peppers. You know, you could take him a little later in the draft if he's not got all the hype and, and everybody's not on top of him. So now you can go and put him behind Peppers and see what you really, you know, work on and, and play out. And that's a position I could see them needing. You know, places like Denver and Oakland, I think they need safety help really badly. So, you know, this would be a kid that, again, hopefully they're listening tonight and they're hearing us talk about him. And they go back to their boards and they check it a little bit and say, you know, this is somebody we need to uh, we need to take a look at for maybe rounds five through seven. You know, not a lot of height around him. He's he's a solid character guy. Went to Duke, academic All American, production. 
you know, I mean, I'm hearing from a lot of my friends, this isn't a deep class. So here's a guy we're serving up to you that would make a great pick in five, six or seven, take a flyer at him and see what you get. Yeah. And I want to, I definitely want to hit on Dan Cassidy's question. It looks like we might have Michael back. So let's see if the, uh, we've, we've, Remedy the the uh, technical issues. So, Michael, uh, um, how has the draft process been for you? NFL PA experience, huge pro day performance. Obviously, you hit the four three uh, when you were off. We were talking your five, you know, just a, a over five eleven and what one ninety five at pro day. What was your arm length? Do you remember that? Um, I think my arm length was was just under thirty. Um, it's around twenty nine something. Um. So, so I think that that's what it was. Gotcha. But I mean, with the four three hitting that, and obviously being over five eleven and everything like that, you just got to be ecstatic about that performance there. How is how's the rest of the process going? How how many teams have you interviewed with on Zoom and you know Google Classroom and all that other stuff they've been doing? Uh, uh, an interesting problem. I've enjoyed it. I've interviewed with a, a lot of teams, um, and. You know, they've been, I feel like, good interviews, and I put myself in a, in a good position to, um, you know, hear my name called on one of those days. Um, but definitely, you know, with the pro day performance and, uh, you know, that I feel like that helped as well. Um, you know, just me being me in the, in the interview process as well and in and, and, and showcasing that to, to them and see it and hear it and feel it from me. Um, Definitely been a huge um, booster for myself. Yeah, and Michael, I wanted to ask you. Um, we were kind of talking, you know, when we were uh, trying to remedy the issues it, that the fact of I have seen you play a lot of different roles for the Blue De- Blue Devils defense. I think you're a guy that can play a little bit on the roof. I think you can come down, mix it up. I think you can play in the slot. I think you could be a nickel. Like, there's a lot of potential. I think for you, versatility wise, is there a position or role for you that you feel like is the best for your skill set? Um, yeah, I feel like, um, you know, I'm a DB and I'm always say I'm a DB, but if I had to choose a a role, um, you know, that, that I could, you know, thrive the most in, um, I feel like it would be that Nick slash being, and that's like being around the action and being physical and and make tackles as well as covering and and being involved in it heavily involved in, in the man-to-man aspects and dropping in the zones and things like that. So, um, you know, definitely that being, being around action and, and, and making plays, um, you know, I put myself in that nickel slash safety type, um, you know, role for myself. And I think where the value really comes for you too, Michael, is whether it is on day two or into day three or wherever the, the, chip, the chips land for you is the fact of, hey, we're talking about an experienced guy, very well-spoken, a guy that has been, you know, a hardworking player, but then also you couple that with the athletic testing you have then for special teams value, you know, the, the way that you stick a lot for a lot of times, especially on day three is what the impact you have on special teams for you. How big of a role have you had on special teams in your career? And is that something that you're excited about? Something you, you just, you love to do? Like, like, is that something that you would do for a potential suitor? Um, yeah, I, I, I loved uh, special teams in, in college. Um, you know, my freshman year started on all four special teams, sophomore play two uh, or so, something like that. Junior was on two or three, and, and this year was on two as well. Um, and it always must to be on special teams every year. 
and willing, um, you know, special teams guy, whether it be, uh, you know, punt, punt uh, gunner or, or running down there on kickoff, kick return. Um, just being involved in some aspect other than defense, um, you know, I was I was definitely proud to be a part of that. And, you know, at Duke, we, we had our Elite 11, um, what we called it for the special teams, racked up points and stuff every week, to, depending on how you perform on special teams. So it made me be of that Elite 11 uh, out of my four years um, being at Duke. No, that's it's great that you have special team experience and that you obviously can play and fill in that role right now, right away, so teams get to know that. Have you been getting any kind of feedback from teams at all? Have you had like uh, some in-depth conversations with any of the special teams coaches or TB coaches where you think you're you know, going into the next weekend, you're feeling really good about maybe joining that organization? Yeah, um, I mean, all the, the, the conversation and feedback I've gotten, especially after Pro Day, um, you know, has been has been really good and, and promising. Um, and so, um, you know, whether it be on defense, definitely on defense for sure. Teams uh, for sure. You know, there's a there's a role, and and I'm going to compete and 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 find my place on that on any organization. Fantastic, Michael. I kind of wanted to end you on this one. We appreciate you again taking some time with us. Lean up to your big draft day here very soon. Are there plans? Because I know a lot of guys obviously, you know, are invited to the draft. They might go to Cleveland this year. But being around your family, though, I'm sure is probably a special moment for you. I'm sure it's been a dream for you for a long time. What are the draft day plans? And what is that moment going to feel like for you when you can officially call yourself a professional football player? Yeah, um, I mean, the plan for me, um, you know, know, keep keep it relatively, you know, small and, and, and close to the home as far as, you know, who's with me and, and, and experiences that with me, but definitely, um, you know, even people who aren't there who had a, a, a impact on me as far as how far I've come, um, would really not show appreciation to them as well. Um, and then, um, but yeah, just keeping it, keeping it close. And then, you know, when I, when I finally hear my name called, um, It'll be a surreal moment and something I've dreamed about and 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 especially uh, ever since I was younger. Um, and and so when, when that finally happens, um, I'm sure it'll just be a, a overwhelming feeling of emotion and then um, you know starting to shift that, have fun with that, and starting to shift that mindset into you know getting ready for football and 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 now this is this is you know I gotta. You know, my P's and Q's at all times. Back to business, for sure. Yep, yep, getting the business. And, of course, again, I'm talking to here Mr. Michael Carter, defensive back out of Duke University. One of the more underrated defensive backs in this draft, in my opinion. Not only do I think he's going to get drafted, I think he's going to get drafted a little higher than maybe some people anticipate. So, Michael, best of luck here, man. In less than 10 days now, we are in the single digits. Appreciate you taking a little bit of time today, man. And best of luck uh, next Thursday. Yes, Sir, appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. Take care. Have a good weekend next weekend, buddy. All right. So, again, that is Mr. Michael Carter, defensive back out of Duke University, fighting a little bit of technical difficulties. But, David, we made it through. We, we always make it work. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just want to, again, stress this. I haven't heard many people talk about this young man, but I wanted to get him on the show because I watched his film probably – in October, I think, was the first time that I really sat down and dissected it. And then I did a little more north towards the end of the season for the final eval. 
And I was impressed. I, I thought that, again, he's a guy that can wear multiple hats for defense. I think that he's a kid that can stick. I think he's a kid that's going to get drafted maybe a little earlier than some people think because I haven't even seen anybody really with a, you know, I haven't seen anybody put their name out there, at least on the media side, saying this is a draftable kid. So I think that he is, has a shot. I appreciate him taking some time, again, working through the technical difficulties, but a good football player who's going to hear his name called now in nine days. Are we nine days now? Something like that, right? Yep, 29. Uh, something like that. I mean, it's yeah. coming up quick. I don't think it gets here fast enough. But, yeah. no, you, you know, again, I appreciate him being patient with us and the technical difficulties because those are always trouble, especially as a guest you're on and you're, like, trying to hear the host and respond to him, and, and then, you know, it's going in and out. So I appreciate his patience and giving us his time tonight. But going back to Dan Cassidy's question here, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm Gettleman's spirit animal. Yeah. Oh, but, you are. Uh, You're definitely a spirit animal. <laughs> I wish. Uh, <laughs> that job gets paid more than I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that would be Ken Sternfeld, actually, the way they've been together for freaking 22 years. It's like they're married. Uh, but I, I would say there's a chance they, tra- they trade back, but it was be- it's got to be hard. When you do the draft math, and you'll hear Ryan and I's picks next week, there's going to be some good players sitting there at 11, and they're going to be hard to get away from. I know there will be a plethora of them, but at the same point, it's like the right fit for either his offense or defense is going to be sitting there. And I don't know if you come off. I don't know if this is the year to come off it. And and now that said, if the right trade up is there, if there's a pairing with a team like maybe at 15 or 16 or 17, you know, in that area, and they're going to give you a, a one, a three, you know, do the draft math of four next year or something like that to come up and get it. You know, I think, you know, they're in a win right now situation. So if they can collect more draft picks this year and, and make it happen and know that they're going to get one of these top players, you know, four picks later, I, I mean, it's worth it to me with the draft math this year. I think there's some positions that the Giants need, and they really have an opportunity to, to you know, maybe move back and collect those picks and collect those players with the contracts being so favorable for them over the coming, you know, next few years. It would be great to see them do it. But I also, if they stay pat and pick their player, I can't fault them this year. Well, it's going to be very interesting because historically, obviously, the question is because Dave Gettleman has not historically traded back very often. So will he stay pat? Will he have movement? It's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting spot because when I, when I do mock drafts for them, I always am like not sure about the fit with some guys because usually how the board falls. But Oh, young Jatai, this is why you learn from me. Ready? No, no, no. Ready? I'm going to throw three names at you and you tell me. Three. three. Ready? I'm going to tell you three. Right. Yeah. Three. All right. Ready? Give me, a, give me a hat trick. Let me see what the, I can do. The dream. The dream. Michael Parsons falls to 11. The dream. Oh, run the card up. Let's go. Right. Right. Which could happen, apparently, because there's some character right. stuff. But who knows? Right. Run the card up. Let's go. I'm not speculating. Um, number two, even though they just signed Kenny Galladay, Jalen Waddle at 11 would be love. Love. The, the, you know, the mix of size with his type of speed. Well, here's oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yep. Be- and and I had this conversation with Patricia train uh trainer the other uh trainer <laughs> Patricia the other day from Locked On Giants right and we were talking and Waddle because they already have short receivers in the room yeah but they're all bad I'm, 
I'm not I'm, again. I'm saying you already have money committed to short receivers. I guess. Waddle, and again, I love Waddle. I think Waddle's amazing. I called Chris Pettit last year when he wasn't even draft edible. I'm like, are you watching the 17? He's like, no, he's not draftable. I'm like, go ahead and watch him. Like five minutes later, he started texting me back and he was like, holy crap. I go, I know. His stop to start is ridiculous. His route running is second to none. I mean, he's a, an incredible player, like really incredible. People I don't think understand how incredible he is and how rare of a talent he is. So would it shock me they, they take him there? No. But with the, the shorter receivers in the room, and I know Gettleman when I was in Carolina with him, right, he liked the big guys. And so, like, in rounds three or four, you can get a, maybe a Nico Collins to pair up with Galladay, and then you already have your slots with your veteran guys. And they just put money one year, I know, into that shorter guy. Uh, what was it? John, uh, John Josh Brown? Shaw or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, a guy who's been injured, you know, uh, a lot. And they, they gave him oh, a, is, it, is it Ross? John Ross? Yeah, John Ross. There you go. Yeah, That's yeah, it. Yeah. John Ross. So, I mean, they already are invested in certain short guys. So, for me at that spot, I wouldn't go with a short guy. You know, I would go with a bigger guy. I'm just trying to give them good football, good football players, man. Like, I'm trying to help them out. I'm trying no, to help okay. Dave. Who's the third? Dave. Who's the third? Okay. This one. So, this one is – this one's an incomplete evaluation because I don't know what the medicals look like. I don't know, David. I don't have okay. any kind of okay. okay. But if it checks out – Jalen Phillips, defensive end out of Miami. No. I think it's a great fit. Why? Why isn't it? Because Ah. he's a quitter. And I'm not trying to be – but, I mean, you want to know where I get that mentality from? It's from him. He likes a quitter. Why? Well, he just decided to walk away from football, and then he came back, right? And now he's got – and he's got – And and he's got medical. I understand. No, I'm not faulting the man. Okay, don't yeah, get me wrong. I heard, I heard. It's a legitimate reason, but at pick 11, you're right outside the top 10 pick. You have a five-year potential contract for a, a rookie. to lo- It's got to be a guaranteed. Now, that player in rounds two, three make a lot of sense for teams because it's not missing on that first-round contract. That's it. I'm not trying to kill the player. I'm just saying you can't have a guy who walked away from medical concerns and leave not being comfortable now come up to the NFL level and start dealing with some concerns, and you took them in the first round. Like that, that question mark is the one that keeps him out of the first round for me. And I can't believe Gettleman would pull the trigger on him there. And I Dan, I, and Dan, I see you with Waddle. We're all huge Waddle guys. I just don't know the fits there for the scheme in the system. Oh, uh, what do you mean the fit? We got Kenny Galladay outside, six foot three. We got Darius Slayton on the other side, six foot two with a little bit of speed. And then we got Waddle on the inside, man. Who cares about Ru- Sterling Shepard? He stinks and he gets hurt all the time. You want to talk about injuries? Sterling <laughs> Shepard's hurt every other day of his life. Give me the fit. It's a good fit. Um, Dan, I know. I get it. I get it. I understand it. Last guy I'll throw out there. I don't know if you know this guy too much. Uh, you probably do at this point. but I've been doing I, my homework lately. <laughs> Aziz Ojolari. Oh, your boy from Notre Dame. No, 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 no. Lucy Cormo talking about Ojolari, the uh, the defensive end, outside pass rusher oh, from, from Georgia. Penn. Huh? In Georgia. Georgia. Okay. Again, scheme fit with that. I don't know because they're more of a forty-three team. Yeah, but don't they run? They run like that new. Oh, I'm sorry, thirty-four. Days. They're running the thirty-four. Right. So he's a three-four outside linebacker. Boom. Yeah, it it could be interesting. It could be interesting. And I, and again, I think he's a guy that's definitely in the conversation at that spot. But here's again, 
my stick on it. He's six foot six oh two three. Um mm-hmm. he he ran good, but when I watch his pass rush, a lot of effort, you know, I don't see a lot of bend through the ankle. So I think there's gonna be I, I think, don't get me wrong, I think he's a good player. I think he's a very good player. But if I'm drafting there at eleven, he's not eleven. He's fifteen through twenty-five, in my opinion. He's fifteen through twenty. So if they trade back, Ryan, this is my thing. If they you. trade back, collect some picks, I like him better for them. See, there, I like another corner. Like, what if your boy JC Horn falls there? Or what if your boy well, Pastor Tains uh, drops there? Or what JC if will not be there? JC will not I, be there. I'm just Remember saying. I said it. Remember I said uh, it. Hey. And my mock drafts, we'll see what you, we, you and I have next week. But, you know, I think he, there's a potential with the teams that traded up, made some, made some moves in front of them, that corners are going to get pushed back. And now, if you got another good corner, which Dave liked to do, remember he had Worley and, um, was it uh, Bradbury? Bradbury. He's got Bradbury and again. He's got Bradbury again. So now he's looking yeah. for his Worley on the other side, right? And those corners are going to be sitting there. If it's not Horn, it's another guy that's gonna be sitting there. It could be Sertan. It could be uh, who's the other one you like so much? Uh, well, I, I don't like. I like Stokes from Georgia. Stokes, um, yeah, but he like won't be there. Greg, I mean, I mean Greg, he is not the spot for. Stokes. Yeah, he's not. He's not gonna go eleven. Greg Newsom's a guy that's getting a lot of top fifteen. Nah, I don't like Newsom. I don't know. But yeah, I'm just saying that there's a chance the that the corner's sitting there. There's a, there's a good chance that even Slater's sitting there. There's a good chance that you know there's uh you know. Yeah, I, I mean, there's good chances. I mean, there's a great chance. Excellent receivers are going to be sitting there. So, Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. that's what I'm saying. So, for to sit there and to take a guy, I mean, when you're doing the draft math, you're going to be like, whoa, okay, that guy was still there. They couldn't pass on him. But if they trade back and get the Georgia pass rusher still and collect some picks for those that, you know, rounds two or three or four, I think it's going to be a good move either way they go about it. And Dan puts Sertan in there. Uh, Dan, he's, he's no J.C. Horn, but he's pretty good. We're, we actually have somebody coming on here in about five minutes that has a good, very good relationship dating back to J.C. Horn's high school days. I'll be able to talk to him a little bit about. It's Mr. Jeff Terry, defensive back coach out of Delta but Think State. about that secondary. Think about oh, that secondary. Great. If it has Sertan, uh, Bradbury, Peppers. and Peppers yeah. all in it. And Logan I mean, Ryan. Yeah. yeah, and Logan Ryan. Now Logan can move in and play your nickel, right? Yeah, and and now look at that secondary, and now you oh, got and the, and the kid they drafted last year from Alabama, the first round pick, uh, the second right? Round pick, I mean, yeah, the second awesome. round pick, the safety, yep. yeah, yes. and, yep. and and again, and you, and you went and got the uh, Minnesota defensive end this year. You signed back Leonard Williams. You know, you you have decent linebackers, even though we know they have to make a move there eventually and, and upgrade there a little bit. But your secondary would be buying the the pass rush time. The, the pass rush would be able to move and get going. So, you know, when adding Sertan makes – that's what I'm saying. Like, there are players that fit right here at 11 to stay hold pat. But if they move back and they pick up a player and picks, it's going to be good too. No, I, I agree. It's very interesting. I can't wait to see what happens there at 11. Uh, again, we have an interview coming in at you guys in about five minutes. I want to go to the mailbags, David. Get a couple of these done. Real quick, I would just want to mention very quickly that um, – well, I mentioned a little bit to start the show. Eddie George to Tennessee State. This is fun, yeah. David. This is really fun. We talked about Dion, the impact that he's had at Jackson so far. We get another – I mean, 
Heisman Trophy winner, very good running back for a long time for the Tennessee Titans, went to a Super Bowl, lost to the uh, St. Louis Rams, by the way, in that Super Bowl, but still a great, great performance that A. George had. And now he goes back, staying in, the t- in Tennessee, where he played the majority of his NFL career at Tennessee State, another HBCU, another historically black college and university. Big deal, man. This is a big deal. We're starting to get legitimate spokespeople. We're starting to see legitimate symbols. These guys are going to be able to recruit. We've seen Dion pluck junior college four stars, a couple four stars from high school. We're going to start to see an influx of talent now going to Tennessee State. Big time gets getting a guy like Eddie George to come to Tennessee State. Well, Eddie George is a huge get. Quality human being. Incredible person. I mean, I, when you shake his hand, you know he's all about business. But he's, you know, he, he's going to be a bit different. He's not as flashy as Dion, right? He's not. He's not that prime time, you know, guy. So when he's sitting in the living room recruiting, it's going to be about education, getting them right, getting them, making sure they graduate. You know, it's going to be. It's going to be of different. I, I would love to go back to back listening to those two recruiting pitches because I think they're going to be really fun, different, but fun. And then I also read an article. Hugh Jackson was going to uh, take a job potentially at HBCU. Um, so, you know, there's there's it's just not the players that are going in there to, to show that they can coach and do things. But I think you're going to see some really quality coaching candidates, whether it be Hugh or uh, Lovey Smith or something like that, you know, event, you know, one of those, uh, you know, guys going into the HBCUs and, and almost taking it as a retirement job, but also a job to move forward. And then you'll see some young coaches that might be at power five schools that just can't get the break, can't move up, you know, from whatever their position is to get a, a head coaching job. They'll go to HBCU and, kill it for, you know, two, three years there and crush it. And then boom, you know, they'll get a power five job. So, you know, I love this resurgence as we're seeing down at the HBCU. I shouldn't say down, I should say at the HBCU level, you know, to rise it up and get it to the level and be a platform for, for people to launch careers off of. Yep. And again, we got Mr. Coach Terry, defensive back coach at a Delta state about to hop on us up on with us in a second. Before we do, we want to let you know that history has shown us at Maverick Sports Consulting that when we have to accomplish new achievements, you must learn new behaviors to fulfill them. Only through coaching can you find the ways to achieve your goals in life. If you're looking to gain the coaching you need to achieve your goals, whether they are in sports, business, or in life, Maverick Sports Consulting is here to support you. Reach out to us tonight and sign up for our coaching package to allow us to forge you new paths for you to gain your goals tomorrow. So again, fun one for me, David. I actually interviewed Coach Terry um, before the season was supposed to start, and then obviously a lot of cancellations happened. Bringing on Coach Terry real quick, Coach Jeff Terry. I, I want to lay it out real quick, Coach. Delta State secondary coach. Uh, coach Terry had stints at Wingate University, Alpharetta High School, where that's the, kind of the J.C. Horn tutelage, Duluth High School, Alfred State College, where he played – and uh, before Delta State, he had some stints there coaching. He also played defensive back not only for, for Alfred State's college from 1997 to 1999, where he earned NJCAA All-American honors in 1998 before playing defensive back for the University of Buffalo, where he finished. Following his playing career, Coach Terry signed a contract with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the Canadian Football League in 2002, and later that year signed a free agent contract with the New York Jets. So highly accomplished career here. Coach, it's been a while, man. Haven't talked What's to you. Up? Uh, What's the doing? deal, man? 
How you doing? How y'all doing? Oh, oh, we're doing great, man. Doing absolutely wonderful. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time. I know you're out and about. I uh, you got your man, son's baseball I'll be home game, in right? Second game, man. I have my, I had a, a coach pitch game tonight, man. They had me on third base, man. I, how many how many signs did you give to go home how many were to get all home? of them go home every time baby every time <laughs> oh. well pitchers we, in well, his wind up i'm saying steal go 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 right hey, every time I, I love it i love it and coach sir obviously i enjoyed our conversation the first time so much when we when i had you for the yes, first sir. interview i wanted to get you back on Wanted to kind of update because I know we've you know been texting from time to time, just kind of updating on everything going on. But I want to start you out. Um, uh, for people who aren't familiar with Delta State, because I know you've been a few spots, can you just tell us real quick, just lay out Delta State for you and what makes it a special community and place for you to, to call home? Well, it's about tradition. Um, anytime you think of Blue Bloods and college football, you think of you know, your Alabamas, your Michigans things of that nature. Um, at the Division II level, you have your haves and your have-nots, your guys that have won the national championship and places that have not. We have won the national championship here. So there's a level of uh, tradition. There's a level of um, culture here that you, you see right away when you get here. Uh, the women's basketball team won seven national titles in the 80s. I mean, they beat LSU one of those titles when there were no divisions. So when you come to Delta State, it's located in uh, Cleveland, Mississippi, right on Highway 61, uh, right in between Memphis and uh, New Orleans. So, you know, you can get on one highway and get to either place. Um, one of the uh, we play in the Gulf South Conference uh, uh, five of the last seven years. Either a team from our conference has either won the nat national championship or played for it. So obviously it's a ton of. Uh, tradition obviously it's a ton of competitive teams a ton of competition um and just to be honest with you uh they call us the baby sec because we play in florida georgia mississippi alabama south carolina um and if you can play in the gsc um there are division one schools that will not play us there are hbcus i won't say any names that will not play us <laughs> right. i think we saw i think uh, we saw them play on saturday Correct. Well, we actually are scheduled this fall to play Jackson State, so I wasn't talking about them. <laughs> no, I was talking about Grambling. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, Grambling don't want that smoke, man. They they want nothing <laughs> to do with us. We we said we'll come for free. We'll do anything. They said, no, sir, we don't want that smoke. We know about Delta State. So just that's just a little uh, bit of background and a little bit of uh, history about Delta State. Well, Coach, I would say that you must be a master recruiter because you just sold me. I want to go to Delta State right now, personally. <laughs> yeah, if I'm you were only right younger now, and better as an athlete. <laughs> yeah, a little better. Just a little better of an athlete. Yeah, if I was taller, I could play there. Come on. <laughs> Come on. And that's what the people get. People get this misconception about Division II football. The only difference between Division II and FCS is scholarships. All right? I'm just being honest with you, we can line, you line us up. I mean, all our linebackers are 6'3", 240. Our corners are 6'2", 200. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about one in a second. Um, our safeties are, are are big and strong. ton of Division One transfers, ton of junior college transfers. Uh, and, and it's not just us. It's everybody in our conference. Not all state, West Georgia, West Alabama. I mean, Tyreek Hill played in our conference. 
Uh, Malcolm Butler played in our conference. The top nickel corner in the NFL, uh, Kenny Morris, played in our conference. So, I mean, it's a ton of, you know, each week, it's a ton of competition. And, it, and you know, that's what you want. That's what you ask for when you want to go c- play college football. And we got that. Oh. So. Let's talk That's about that. playing this year, and, and, and uh, well, let me let me take it down now, just to just to uh, put this on from a coach's perspective. Um, you know, take us through the uncertainty in the off season with COVID, and then the eventual uh, cancellation of the season, the frustration for yourself, the uh, coaching staff, and the players. You know, how tough was this process with the uncertainty, and, and then the actual cancellation of the season? Man, I'm really. Really sorry, you broke up a little bit. I didn't hear you. What I was saying, Coach, was, you know, this season, you know, you guys had the uncertainty of uh, playing. Can you hear me? For me. Coach, we're just going to pop you off for a second. Let us know uh, when you you maybe get back inside. Sorry about that so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're a funny guy, though, right? Start out here. It's a great conversation so far. He's going to pop back in in just a second. We were talking about one of the HBCUs. We were talking about Eddie George a little bit, um, obviously, before we had Coach Terry pop on. I think it's huge, David. What were a couple of the names that you said? You said Hugh Jackson was a guy that you've heard whispers about potentially being at the HBCU and a couple others. Yeah, there's a couple others. And, again, what I've talked to a few coaches and uh, at the Power 5 level. And they, they say, you know, man, I, I can't get a coaching job because they said I've never been a head coach. You know, as I come from being a player, then I go be a grad assistant. And then I and then I, you know, I'm working, I'm working, I'm, you know, 10, 15 years in on my resume. I, you know, I've done everything they've asked me or given me every opportunity they give me. You know, I've been able to to accomplish and, and be successful at. But then, boom, when it comes to a head coaching job, they're like, well, you've never been a head coach. And we saw it at the Texans this year. You know, their head coach has never been a head coach. And now he finally, at 63 years old, you know, um, is getting his shot. But he's never been a head coach at any point in his career, you know, through his 30s or 40s. And then you got a Sean McVay who, you know, comes in and he kills it. And he crushes, you know, interviews and everything. And his energy's high. And they give him a chance. So, you know, for an HBCU program now, they're like, hey, if you're a dynamic coach and you want to come play, you know, come show you can be a head coach at this level and recruit like, you know, um, Terry, you know, coach Terry, we were just on with, like you're saying you got you all fired up and can recruit and come to a D2 or an HBCU level. It's like, you know, let's give him a shot at being a head coach and then he can put it on his resume. Hopefully be here, you know, honestly, keep it as a three, four, five year, you know, deal. And then he can move up and, and that shows our program can groom coaches you know, the HBCU level is a great place. And we used to call, uh, what was it, the MAC, the the birthplace of coaches, right? You know, yep. Miami of Ohio and all that, because they would go there, they would coach our ass off and then move up to Ohio State or Michigan or Michigan State, whatever, um, yep. and, and go that route. Now, why can't HBCU do that and, you know, make it their own, make it their own, you know, taking care of their own and, and grow coaches, grow you know, even recruiting staffs. Like I tweeted out the other day and I wasn't even joking about it. Grambling, if you need help recruiting, call us. Ryan and I will be on a plane. We will get there and we will help you guys recruit. Like we can do it. 
And, you know, again, we will put you in the living rooms with the right players and we will find them for you. We will make it happen. I mean, Mavs is all about helping programs as well as players and coaches to their dreams. It's not anything in a historic program like Grambling. Man, come on. Phone's right here. Call Keon. He'll get you in control. He'll get you in contact with me. We will be there. We will be on a plane. We'll help you out. 100% all about helping out Grambling, helping out any school that wants us to help them out in recruiting, setting up the system, showing them how to run the process. You know, I've worked in pro. I've worked in college. I've put teams together from the Arena League level all the way up through NFL. So putting a, a, a transfer portal team together for an HBCU right now would be so much fun for me. Yeah, no doubt. I don't know why David Turner's not on speed dial already, to be honest, but <laughs> this is what it is. Uh, Just, welcome yeah. back, Mr. Coach Terry, Coach Jeff Terry. Coach, can you hear us? Sorry, my bad. I can hear y'all. Hey, the one recruiting part I didn't hit you with, man, is a <laughs> Can y'all hear me? Yeah. You're going in and out a little yeah, bit. You're going coach. in a little bit. Yep. Oh. Try to back them all in a second. Yeah. Oh, man. So, again, and, and again, I would hope that, you know, people through Mavs, Sports Take, and what we're doing with the HBCU Combine, what we're doing with the Hub, they, they do start trusting us a little bit here at Mavs. And, you know, it's not just me. I mean, obviously, Ryan and then, you know, the rest of the staff, Keon and everybody else, you know, we have experience in helping people do things, and we can we can make it happen for you. Um, and, the, you know, like we said tonight, even if it's a life goal, like you want a, a certain business uh, uh, goal and you have it set for yourself, um, we can help you understand that if you're an organization that's like struggling with your team building or your team motivation, reach out to us. We can help you with that. You know, it's, it's you know, we talk a lot about football. We talk a lot about sports. It's our passion in life. But helping people is really where the core passion comes from. It's just making sure we help people through their life goals. Absolutely. Yep. Very well said. Going to try. Third time's the charm. Welcome to Coach Terry back. Coach, can you hear us? Hopefully. Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So while we try to figure this out, David, a lot of hey, technical issues thrown at us. This technical think, is crashing us tonight. Man, but hey. we are, we, brother, we are putting out fires, though. Let's be honest here. We are putting out fires. Um, unfortunate circumstance, obviously. Again, we should – I mean, David Turner should have already bought – a recording studio and we should be, you know, just recording live there, you know, pay me some money to move out to Arizona. Live. I was going to say, you're welcome to pack the family up, come out to Arizona. I got a guest room. We can do it from the living room. It'll be fine. It'll be good. We'll be all right. Absolutely. I, I think that's a great idea. Um, I think I'm going to start a GoFundMe. If somebody wants to start that, you know, paying for um, that setup and all that type of stuff would be a great idea. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll move the Roberts family out to Arizona. You know, it'll be a great story seven years from now. How how Mav Sports was all created with uh, Ryan living in the back room with his wife and kids, and and uh, you know, here we go. Now we just got to get the wife on board with this. Oh man, wife, baby. Two dogs and a and a rabbit. We, we can handle that, right? Like oh, that the go. two dogs and a rabbit. We're set. Casey would love that. I mean, she's all over the two dogs and a rabbit. Uh, she'd take care of them. That's all golden. I love babies. You know me. So I mean, I'm all about it. Don't don't sleep on that. As long as the wife buys in, the rest will fall into place. 
Yeah. So let, let's jump to one. And Dan, question. Dan, by the way, you're, you're not invited. I don't have a room for Dan. Dan says he's in. I'm sorry. You'd have to. <laughs> I got a lot. It's going to be a little warm this summer. I don't think you want to pitch a tent this summer, but come this, come the fall, you can camp out in the backyard. How about that? Uh, Dan, Dan, Dan Cassidy inviting himself. I love it. I love, I love it. that. He's like, I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> it's animal house. Let's go. You know, right. I was like all about it. Yeah, that's really funny. We might jump to another question. We're going to see if Coach Terry can join T24 us. T24's in. Back. T, you're in. I know you're in. I Trust me, T. You, you can come anytime. You got that. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's a heck of a show we're having here so far. A lot of technical issues. But we had a couple of great guests. We we have some great guests, and you've lined them oh, up great. And like I said, I technology trips us up. They hamstring us just like a player on the field. You know what? They, they At times, you get the turf monster, and we're getting turf monster by technology tonight. Yeah. So it is what it is. But let me take a minute to talk yes. about some of these hub players while yeah. while you're working on this with Coach Terry. If you even want to jump off, I'll just talk about some of these hub players. You can call Coach Terry and see if we can get it figured out. But, um, you know, we have this uh, young man out of California, Lutheran, uh, his name is Obasi Dees. He was number four at the combine. Press corner, nickel guy. I think in the CFL level, he could be either a boundary or you could move him back to the half halfback, you know, spot in the NFL. He would be a nickel, but he was really physical at the line of scrimmage. He really did great footwork, one on ones. I don't think anybody caught a ball on him, and every ball his way, he got a hand on. So, I mean, I was really impressed. He knew body positioning. He knew leverage. He understood even down in the red zone when we pushed him down to the five-yard line, which angles to take really quick, let the receiver get on top, and then and then jump on the hip and then extend, use his wingspan to break up passes. I was really impressed by him. He was a young man that I didn't, I didn't know very much, but after that day, I got to know him really well. Another corner, Isaiah Brown, who out of FIU, he, he spent a couple of years at the uh, Buffalo Bills. You know, he came in now his hand, his hand use is a little rusty coach corrected it a little bit. And then all of a sudden, boom, here we go. He had really good length, came in on a good size, a little thin, but a good size. Still, um, his frame could have support at least another seven pounds to it. Uh, I thought he was an impressive kid. Safety out of Washington, Jojo McIntosh. Uh, he boy. Yeah. He, physical. Physical, tough kid, knew we ran a Jeep Chris, uh, one of the coaches out there, offensive coach or our head coach from the hub, actually ran a two by two type uh, formational drill where the safeties got to, you know, show their reads at the high level, you know, yeah. up at a high safety level and the quarterback had to read which way he was going and who he was picking. And we used a linebacker underneath in a corner. So it was a three on two type situation, two receivers going out. And uh, he broke on every ball. He was really quick to make decisions, had a great burst to close, good ball skills, was able to extend and uh, bat balls away. I was really impressed by him. And then uh, Trey Tarpley, number 10 out of Vanderbilt. Uh, he was number 10 there. He, he was six foot, about 210 out of Vandy. And he was smart, you know, really good. Again, another good safety type, uh, good transition with his footwork, able to burst the close, uh, read the ball really well. So, I mean, these are just a few of the guys I'll be writing up for the for the hub this coming week. You know, they were impressive enough to where I was like, okay, here we go. Um, you know, when it came to the DB group, you know, linebacker group, you know, again, like I said, we had B Marshall out there. Uh, really, you know, I, everybody knows what he can do. You know, he, looked, he, he was, looked good too. He looked thinned out a little bit quick, fast. Yeah. He was just looking, he was just trying to show teams he was healthy, uh, accomplished. 
good job, <laughs> B. Marsh. You know, he did really a fantastic job. I don't even know if he needs a write-up for me. I, I mean, just turn the film on and watch him move around. You saw he was healthy and good. Two D linemen that really stood out, though, were um, – I'm going to butcher this. Okay. This is a, this is a butcher name, okay? I'm butchering this. I'm telling you right off the bat, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not going to get this right. Hinwana, H-I-N-W-A, Hinwana Aleu, A-L-L-I-E-U. He went to Nebraska Kearney. He's 6'5 and about 280. He's from Africa, came over. You want a piece of raw clay to develop, though? Oh, my Lord. Like, his yeah. frame, his size, he has bend. He, I mean, he didn't understand every drill. The coaches would have him run back and do it again. And then he would second time through, he was getting it. I was standing next to some of the co coaches and uh, some of the scouts that were there. And they were like, oh, this 50, because he wore number 54, so I think, oh, this 50 is something. I said, I know. He's, I'm like, especially if you can get him in the international development type, you know, classification so it doesn't cost you a roster spot. I mean, spending a year with this young man, I think he's only 22 years old. I mean, it would it would be impressive. I told one scout, he said, well, how much time would you give him? I said, I'd give him a year on the practice squad. I mean, legit, he, he ran well all the way through the drills. Energy, I mean, he every place we put him up and down the D-line, he jumped in, he would rush. We put him at a four, we put him at a three, we put him outside, you know, seven and nines, and he he did it all, and he looked good doing it. It's just you could tell he was raw. His tools were raw, need to be developed, so. Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask you with that type of size. Do you feel like he's going to be like a five four I type of guy? Do you think he's going to get big enough where he could play just a three standard in an in an even front? Like, what do you think? I think he's a forty three defensive end because he had a nice oh, really? first step. Yeah, and yeah. and again, but again, if the Steelers got their hands on him, this guy could be a stand up outside linebacker because of his size and athleticism. So he's a two way go. He really is. At 250, again, he wasn't a tight 250. He had a little looseness to him. Oh, I thought, well, I thought he said 280. Okay. No, no, no. Mistaken. No, he was 250. So, yeah. you know, again, he could put he could put size on and go inside, but I think naturally where he's at, 6'5". I mean, he, he's the same size as Bud Dupree, right? I mean, same yeah. size. So that's what I'm saying is, like, if you're a 34 team, you look at him, try to mold him as your outside linebacker. He'll play special teams for you if he comes up, you know, uh, onto the roster and, and boom, you got a linebacker that's athletic and can run downfield. Um, the guy that I think is instant, instant coffee on the D line was Kai Higgins out of Purdue. Now Kai Higgins, he wore number 52, understood every drill. You could tell he was well coached, good technique, uh, bend athleticism. He really understood. He really knew how to move his shoulders, hips, hands together. They were all in unison. So Kai was a player I was really excited about seeing. He didn't disappoint at all. I had him do against one of the better guards. I had him move in and do a, a four and a four eye rush. And man, he just whipped that boy. <laughs> I mean, he just whipped him. And I'm sorry to say that, but he did. I mean, he came off the ball. He knew what to do. He's about 270. And, you know, I think it, naturally he's probably a three technique that can move inside and get to 280 or even 285, or he can play the four eye four in some schemes, but he has really good body control, balance, foot quickness and steps, hand use violence. It was all there for him. So, you know, for the D line, those were the two that stood out the most. We had a big boy, Olive uh, Sarah Sega Polo. S A G A P O. I, this is my favorite part of our podcast. L U. I know he went to Wisconsin uh, Madison. 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Olive Sapagalo, something like that. Yeah, yeah. No tackle, right? Yes, but that's him. Like this kind of workout wasn't necessarily his his cup of tea. But he came out. He showed he was in shape. Big plugger, big space heater. You know, again, if the Buffalo Bills are listening, this is the kind of guy you bring in, back up your big DTs. Yeah, you know, he could back up your DTs. He, you know. He was a guy, I think he was, um, what was he, like six, four, or six, two and a half, six, three-ish, um, you know, but he was like 340 or something moving around. Right. And, yeah, again, camp body, bring him in, see if he can make the team. I think he should trim down to 330 when he get, before he gets to camp. But that's just me. Those are some some of the, you know, defensive players that were really stand out. We had Christian Sams, you know, the former uh, Arizona State. Uh, outside linebacker. He was there. He showed off some nice skills uh, doing his thing. Uh, you know, we we had a good kid out of New, New Hampshire, six foot kid. I think he'd be a really good CFL player. Um, you know, Mr. Dean, he wore number 15 for us there. Um, he was a guy that, again, showed good coverage skills, good ability to read, react, good burst downhill. I think he'd make a really good CFL linebacker. I just don't see the size for NFL. But again, a CFL linebacker, he would be a really nice one up there. So, you know, these are, I'm just cherry picking off the list since our guest is having technical difficulties. Well, he's back, David. Oh, he's back. Then, not, oh, there he well, is. Not once, not twice, not three times, <laughs> but for four times in a row now. We got him back. We, we keep got him. coming. Lo- looks like he is muted, though. We might need to get unmuted. My bad. <laughs> there we are. My, bad. Good, My bad. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Nah, you're good. You're good. We're just happy to get you back. That's all. Hey, what 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 were you talking about, David? Was that like a, a regional combine? So the hub combine is uh, put on by Don Yee and his group out in San Diego. We we do a selection process. We only bring in the top ten players per yeah. camp. So we had over three hundred players submit resumes and um, applications to get in. We took fifty eight of them into the camp, and so we make it a very selective group where NFL teams can come and we're trying to run it as like a free agent workout for them because they can't bring them into their facility right now. And CFL teams can't do workouts on their own right now. So we're trying to create a cream of the crop place where NFL, CFL teams can come. And we had a kid out of uh, South Carolina last last camp in April, uh, Newberry, South Carolina, running back uh, Darius Clark. And he got signed on the field by the Panthers, actually. Yeah, okay. yeah, they offered him on a contract. And then that Thursday after yeah. the camp, he went up past the physical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's, awesome, that's what man. we're trying to do. Well, I need I need I need that information when we get off of this. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I got you coming out yourself. You coming no, out. No, I'm yourself? done. I had a good run. I got some free <laughs> agents, man. We got some guys that, you know, obviously when you're at the division two level at the small school level, nobody's ever gonna be a you know, uh, off the charts kind of a guy. Everybody's going to be a free agent, fringe free agent, fifth, sixth rounder. But we got some dudes, man, that like we got a linebacker, Marvin Terry. When he gets into any camp, you forget it. He's about 6'3", 250, run like a DB, signed to Missouri out of high school, got in some trouble, went, in, uh, went to uh, Trini- uh, uh, Trinity Valley in Texas. And, um, uh, we end up getting him just on the hum because the kid was ineligible. It was only D2 qualified. And I mean, freak, freak. You know, obviously you would say Junior Falk is our 
number one small school kind of get this kid is ridiculous. And, you know, I've had teams call me about him and all that good stuff. I just know that he's, you know, because of his past till he graduates, he's not going to, he's going to need a, a free agent type of deal. You know what I mean? He's going to need to get into combine, regional combine, things of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get him hooked up and get him rolling. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, no, but- I, I, think that's a good, I think that's a good segue. Sorry, David, to cut you off. No, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned Julius Jr. Falk, obviously a, a young man that I, I've talked to a couple times. We Correct. talked about him in our first interview. Mm-hmm. So let's let's highlight him for a sec because that's what I really want to do here. Obviously, he was a kid that I thought was a 2021 kid. I thought he was draftable, six foot one, 200 pounds, athletic, former JUCO kid who, yeah. in his first year with you, nine mm-hmm. interceptions, 22 mm-hmm. pass breakups, mm-hmm. leads all of the college football, I think, at mm-hmm. any level. Mm-hmm. Talk him up for a second. Tell us who Junior Falk is. So Junior is a, a fun uh, – you can stick junior on any team, any, any place. You can stick them in Michigan. You can stick them in Alabama. You can stick them anywhere. Sometimes when you think about small school guys, you think about, Hey, when I walk into the arena, do I reckon, do I see you? Do you stand out? That's what Kyle Duggar was. I saw Kyle Duggar. I coached against him twice. When you walk into the arena and you see a guy, you go, Hey, that guy's he's got something. So junior led the country in interceptions. Um, this is actually even his first year playing corner. So he's actually even better now. Um, we've moving him around. I got him playing on the roof. I got, we're doing a bunch of different things, bringing him off the edge. Um, six, two, two Oh five runs a, a sub four, four, uh, can jump a four, uh, 40 inch vertical. He's going to broad jump anywhere from 10, two to 10, five. And if you do your research, cause I know that's what you guys do. I know that's what you do, Ryan. 15 of the last seven, like in 2019, 2020, there were 17 guys go to the Pro Bowl. Uh, 15 out of that 17, they jumped higher than the average, which was 10-2. They were kind of in that 10-4 range. JC obviously jumped in 11. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it translates. So um, this kid can really flat out do it. He really flat out understand, has really good football IQ. And I think him playing offense uh, prior to playing corner, playing quarterback, playing receiver, I think those things only helped him and only made him look that much better, you know, transitioning positions. And this kid is going to be when, when all said and done right now, he's a fringe free agent, fifth, sixth rounder, kind of a kid. He's coming back this fall. He should probably be one of the top small school guys picked in the next year's draft in 2022. Um, He's teams are obviously going to probably throw away from him. We got ways around that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I got ways that we're going to manipulate him, get him to the boundary, put him on the roof. You can't throw. When I had JC in high school, yeah, they wanted. I had. I put him on a a four star kid, right? They kept the four star kid didn't catch a ball, so all he did was throw to the other guy on the other side, and he caught ten balls. So I said, you know what? If I put you on the roof, they can't throw away you, go away from you there, <laughs> you know. So, but I don't think that's his skill set. I think he's an NFL corner. I think he. Uh, you give a, a comp, uh, he's more of a uh, more of a Xavier Howard kind of a bigger kind of a Byron Jones, bigger kind of a press guy, um, but can play some off and has tremendous ball skills, um, which you'll see on his film. If anybody just pops on the tape, um, tremendous ball skills. Well, if you know me at all, I love them big press corners. I'm out there <laughs> in do school, too. baby. I do like, too, hey, baby. You're let's beat them up at the line. Let's beat them up at the line. <laughs> if they, they, they can't catch the a ball, if they can't get off the line, they can't they talk catch about, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, they talk about the three parts of a route, right? Release, the stem, the top of the route. 
Well, if you win the release, you ain't got to worry about the other two. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Know? If you beat them up at the line, and I, Willie Davis used to say, if they don't get off the line, they can't run a route on me. That so quarterback's going to go, you know what? I got to go that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. now here comes the pass rush. And we all know how tough uh, receivers are. So if you beat them up right. on first and second quarter, they quit at halftime. Oh, yeah. They, they, they don't want to keep seeing you line up over and over again in front of them. Like, mm-hmm. they don't want that. They, that's just not what receivers want to do. Well, well, Coach, that's why I love JC so much. You know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm the same way, man. Press, man. I, I mean, it, the best quote that you ever gave to me in the first interview, which I actually just tweeted out again, <laughs> scouts aren't looking for zone corners. They're not. Know? They don't they're call you and say, hey, man, you got one of those zone corners? Get out of here. They never ask that. <laughs> Can that guy play man-to-man? Do you think he could play man-to-man at the next level? Do you think he'd be a left corner or the right corner at the next level? If you right. put this guy in a pit with another guy, who's coming out? Like, right. You know, right. If we, I drop you off at a basketball court and uh, I don't know, everybody's a bunch of nobodies out there. Are you going to stay on the court? Yeah. You know, those are the yeah. kind of guys you want, man. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't relinquish. Once you get position, you don't relinquish the position. No, no, sir. No, sir. No. You my kind of guy, David. <laughs> I'm not everybody's cup of tea, so that's nice. You're to not hear. kind of guy. I like how you talk, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm all about it. It's like you know what? I once had an owner like say he he was owner once said to me, you know, I losing builds character, and I looked him. I had a couple beers in me. I ain't gonna lie, I had a couple right. beers in me, but I looked him right in the eye and I said, "Fuck that!" I said. Right. I was like, I don't need to lose to have character. If I win the right way every time, right? I, that's fine. I'm not cheating. I'm not lying. I'm not stealing. Yeah. I'm just better than you. Because 100%. I train better than you, and I want 100%. it more than you, and 100%. I can do it better than you, yep. and therefore, if that's it, let's go. And right. he was like, he was ready. He after I said that to him, he's like ready to break a glass. He was like, <laughs> you had him ready to run through the wall, didn't you? Yeah, and I was like, that's <laughs> it, man. Like, I, I mean, not to do my horn, but here it is, two two. But I was a national powerlifting champion. I took second place in one competition. I won everything else I was ever in. Awesome, man. And the one I remember the most, though, is that second place. <laughs> you know, it you was know like, you know, and he it's blew my doors. It was my second competition ever. He blew my doors. I caught him four, four times later. I caught him and right. I blew his doors, but I wasn't ready for him, you know, taking him on. So I right. trained to make sure I was. Next time I saw him, I was going to take him. And, I was, <laughs> and he was not going to catch me after that. And so I, I did. That, and I got him. That's and, called and, competitive and, spirit. Yeah. Competitive edge. I love that's it. That's it. And then you don't look back. People ask you what's happening in the rear view. I don't know. I tore it off. I'm looking forward. Let's go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they make it small. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So okay. tell me about this draft process for you and the players that you've you've been with and, mm-hmm. and everything. How much of it, how much different is it? How are these young men handling it? How are these the criticism and stuff. And one thing I've been hearing a lot of criticisms about the four threes being run, the four fours being run, and yeah. how are these legit times and stuff. And again, if they did it at the combine, we wouldn't hear the criticisms, right? They but, did it on campus. But we did it on campus, and there's a lot of rumors going around, all this stuff. How and you're tied to these players more mm-hmm. intimately than obviously Ryan and I are. Mm-hmm. How are they handling that? How are the coaches handling the criticism of these young men right now? Because I, I personally feel it's un unjust it is to a certain degree um but the the big thing you got to understand is that the tape don't lie you know and um if if a guy runs a four three say does say you think he's closer to a four five does he look like he runs a four three on film 
are you watching him against other guys that are fast? Is he keeping up? And that's what I, t- you know, when the Arizona Cardinals call me and, you know, the Raiders and, you know, some of these schools come in, I mean, some of these NFL teams come in and they ask those questions. Like I, I've had that question about JC. Is he really fast? Cause all I see him do is press and run with that. Have you ever seen a guy five yards in front of him that's supposed to be fast? No. Right. So that means he's just as fast. So I say the same thing about junior. Like um, when he's at, when he has a guy in phase, do guys run by him? No, they don't. I mean, so um, we get that criticism and, and, you know, in those kids defense, um, yes, they are at home. They are comfortable. They did sleep in their bed the night before they are running on turf. They're used to. So, and you know, um, they're going to run faster. They're going to be more comfortable. Um, you know, the NFL combine, you know, like I know, like, I mean, they don't run, they don't test. They're there three days prior to even testing. So it's different. Um, they're in their comfort zone and they're going to be really good in their comfort zone. But if, uh, back in the day when I, when I was coming out, uh, uh, we had pro days during spring practice, like the pro day, they would come in January, you know, during our spring practice and they'll get a chance to watch us run those forties you know, just what our coaches and just, you know, in our own environment. And you will still see those same four threes and four twos and 40 inch verticals. So, I mean, if a kid is a four, three worst case scenario, he's a four five. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, like the NFL process and I, as, as, as a, mem- a member of the team there, I've been part of it. Right. It's just set players up to fail. Cause we want to see if we apply the pressure who rises to the top. It's not for yeah. you to succeed. We're not there trying to help you succeed. You don't have to find your path to succeed in this process correct? because we're setting it up for you to fail. We want you to fail. We want you to take yourself out of the equation, make our job easier. Right. Right. But these kids think that we're there to support them and make them do the best. And they wouldn't ask us to do all this if it's from, you know, no, hey. That's no, what Mavericks Force Consulting is about: is to yep. teach you the the real rules, yes. which is to get you to fail. The pressure is applied to get you to crumble, yes. not turn into a. They're looking for ways not to give you money, man. They're yeah. looking for ways not to pay you. They're looking for ways for you not to succeed. And if you can still do it, then you're obviously somebody, one of the few and the many that that can make it at that level. Well, you know, well, David, no, no, no better way to set a board than kids eliminating themselves. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, the cream are always right. Well, I know this just while always coaching 50 guys at a time, you coach defensive backs, you're always going to have about 50 in the room, right? Always. The cream will always rise to the top. It'll always do it. Like there, there'll, there'll be some close battles, but the really good ones will always rise right away. And then, you know, that's what it is. And that's what info teams are looking for. Go ahead. I've, I'm sorry. I've, I was going to say, I've cut hundreds of men and taken their jobs, right? <laughs> no and doubt. I'm not proud of it, but it's but it's the business I chose to be in. It's a conversation I chose to cut. have. I know what it feel like. <laughs> but most of the players make the decisions for me. Yep. The roughest, the roughest seven percent, like ninety three percent, make the decision for me. Yep. The ninety, the seven percent that are hard are when you're deep out of position. And it's like you got one A, one B, one C, right, and that right. and that number two guy. You know, you know, the first three are all ones, and that number two guy is just like, man, I'm about to cut a really good player, and he's done everything we've asked of him. Yeah. And it, that and Bill Walsh said it a long time ago. That's the hardest conversation. I didn't believe him in his book. You know, when I read his book, and then I right, had to, I had that I had to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And most of the time after those conversations, I have to take a break really? because I'm wound up. 
because I know I just let a good player walk and I, and I, and I can't keep them all as Gettleman says, all, you, can't pay, you can't pay them all. You can't keep them all. Mm -hmm. And those are the toughest conversations. Like the they ones are, that are man, late, but, you know. the ones that are late, the ones that don't show up, the ones that just do the minimum, the ones that mm -hmm. make bad decisions off the field, the ones that, mm -hmm. you know, you know, don't know their playbook, aren't ready for the opportunity. Those are the easy ones Yes, because they made, they made that decision for you. Correct. They have, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Coach, I, I need to ask you about JC. Go I, ahead. I mean, honestly, David, Go I know ahead. is really annoyed at this point because, like, I bring him up every. I've been time. hearing about JC, sir, since like last May. The summer, okay? right? I'm like, glad, yeah. man. That's and awesome. I'm just like, but uh, no, but I'm so tired. <laughs> it's like it's like having a wife who constantly brings up a subject that you know about. You got it. You've heard enough. You get, and and then he's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna set up a show. To talk about JC, I'm like, really? okay, I'm gonna just watch TV. You guys, Dude, I should have got JC on here. I should have got JC. You should have, man. If you called me earlier, if I uh, didn't have a baseball game, I would have called him and got him on here. Um, uh, so I'm just he is, this I, man. Listen, if this man ain't the president of the fan club, I don't know who. It is. <laughs> Ryan's my guy, man. I appreciate that, man. Listen, man. Like, here's what I want everybody to understand about JC. Okay, he doesn't want to be picked first. He listens to the critics. He doesn't want to be picked first. He doesn't want to be the first corner taken off the board. Uh, he wants these draft mocks, you know, these guys to keep putting these other guys in front of him because he wants to eat their food. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? He wants that that competition. Like, and I think nowhere else at than that cornerback position does that kind of um that kind of strong personality translate. Like, think about the think about it. Like Marcus Peters, he had some off the field issues at Washington. He had, he was a a wild kind of a guy. It translated to a Pro Bowl, right? Marshawn Lattimore, Jalen Ramsey. Like no other position does that translate than at corner. And he has all those attributes. You know, he has all. Obviously, he has the size, speed, ball skills, confidence, all that good stuff. But I mean, from a strong personality of, I belong here. You don't. <laughs> he's always had that. And um, when you, whenever you see talent and work ethic meet is something special. Like, it's like, like I remember some days, some days, man, I, I had to, you know, go open the damn gym up for him. Cause he sitting outside in his car waiting for me, like seven in the morning school don't start till, you know, nine. And he, that's just the kind of kid he is. You know? He's always been that way. And um, even right now, he doesn't want he doesn't want to be the first guy because he wants some type of motivation in front of him. He wants you all to say that, hey, Patrick Sertain should go. Caleb Farley should go. Uh, you know, whoever else uh, that Pondick say that should be picked in the first round. Um, uh, he, he if, you want, if you want to know next week, we're doing our mock draft. OK, so feel free to do <laughs> no doubt. And you're going to have Sertain there, aren't you? <laughs> Well, I've known that kid since he was nine because I was in Miami with his daddy. And so he was yay big when he used to come to the locker room. So I've known that gotcha. kid for a while. But gotcha. no, he's a good player now. He's not a he's a good, right. good player. He's not a throwaway. He, no he's player. not a throwaway. <laughs> Pretty and, good player. You know, the funny part about that is like they were competing in high school. I mean, like I remember watching part. Uh, I thought Tyson Campbell was actually a little better coming out of high school because I saw them both on the same team. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they've been they've been doing this since high school. So Tang was the number one corner coming out of high school. So, I, I, I mean, it, it's been going on. He's been taking names. He's been crossing them off all this time. He's been just crossing them off. Hey, you remember Miles Sims? 
Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he went to Michigan and didn't do anything. Now he's at Georgia Tech, didn't do anything. Cross him off. Like, he's just crossing those names off. Like, he knows. Like, and those are the special ones that understand, like, look, I'm special. I'm supposed to be here. This is what I do. I've worked at this. My time is now. I don't care what anybody say. I'm the best defensive player in the draft, linebacker, D-lineman, anything. And he really feels that way, and he he, he doesn't shy away from saying it you know that's my favorite part not only jc but i actually (laughs) had a chance to sit down with with patrick sertan um, a few weeks ago and it's so funny because they have a similar personality to a degree Mm -hmm. like i asked jc like oh you versus your dad right your dad's in his prime he's like i lock me right yeah he said i lock him up he said i'll throw away the key and then i asked pat pat sertan jr if he had ever watched his dad's film right he's like He's like, nah, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't really keep uh, VH, VHS players over anything. Oh, like, oh, 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 he said that, man. Oh, oh that's shots oh. fired. Yes, sir. At, wow. David, this it's like these kids forget they have to go home for Christmas. Die? What they, they forget they got to go home for Christmas, man. <laughs> the presents get smaller when you talk that trash about daddy now. <laughs> David, does it does this make you feel old? We got we got so we got JC Horn, Joe Horn, obviously, right? We got Pat right. Sertan. And we got Asante Samuel Jr. in the class too, man. A lot yeah. of a lot of young pups. He's a real out, instinctive man. player too, man. I loved his dad playing. Like you his know, dad was more of the off corner, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But he had instinct. He had instincts. So you can play that off, man. When you got tremendous instincts, mm-hmm. you know. But that's not the game we play right now. It's about man to man, baby. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I like. I, I like that. Man, uh, let's go old school like, Raider way. Old school. I like that Samuel Jr. is uh, he's a lot more physical than his dad was. His dad was a little passive, you know. Yeah, he's, he's way so. more physical. He's stronger though, you know. It's a different era. Yeah, oh, for different sure. era. And, and again, I, yeah, is it making me feel old watching these young kids that I saw in the locker rooms as you know snot nosed kids now being right. first round picks? <laughs> yeah, it does make me feel old. I'm sure. it, you know, yeah, but at the end, it's like I've earned the, I've earned the salt in this beard. There you go. That's and, you know, I can yeah. throw comparisons that you can't dream of, young buck. So tribey, tribey, David. Oh, you couldn't talk about Delvin Joyce. You don't even know who Ooh, that is. Running back. back from the Giants. I know who Delvin Joyce is. What school? Uh, what, I don't know, man. Give me yeah. a minute. Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't even alive. Like, what do you I just made that comparison to a kid from the HBCU combine last week because little Jimmy Robinson out of uh, Bethune-Cookman reminded me of a faster Delvin Joyce. You know what okay. I mean? So I was like, you know, this kid, he was just like, Delvin, when we were at the Giants together, I watched Delvin kick return, this and that. Right, but that right. Jimmy re- jumped a 11-2. He, uh, you know, reverted wow. 42. He ran a four two eight four three five on the clock. You know, he was he was sub seven uh, three cone. He was a four uh, four two two on the with a slip on the short shuttle. So right. I mean, he was a kid that just you know he lit it up. And so I made wow. that comparison, and I had a few GMs call me like, "Why did you have to pull the Delvin Joyce comparison out?" <laughs> wow. And I was like, "Man, you got to go back in your Rolodex if you're too young sometimes to know." You know that sometimes somebody just pops in your head when you see a certain guy. Mm-hmm. What it is, man. David, you know throw out Joe Morris and all that stuff. <laughs> Joe Morris, another running back. Nice one. Uh, David, you um, you know who else jumped 41 inches in the vert and had 11 2 in the broad? You know who else did that? Not Ryan Rock. Horn. Casey Horn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's the JC Horn show. I hope we send a copy of this to the JC Horn fan club. So we, could, so we could put it out a, there for him. It's the JC Horn like fan club show. I love and by the way, I don't hate on him. I love I know you team. don't, man. I know I you don't. I just, just this guy been, talk about him for <laughs> months at a time. I know. A year, a year. A last year. May, the draft oh, ends. He goes, No one of the best corners gonna be next year. But see, last year it was it wasn't it wasn't it was mucky. It was he was wasn't this top guy last year. He wasn't. I mean, he was talked about. People knew about him, but he wasn't in the top 10, top 12. Ryan, a lot of publications had him as like. That's why I'm trying to give you Junior Falk right now. That Ryan, I'm giving you Junior Falk. You throw him I on there, it. throw him on your board. I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to look like a genius like you did with J.C. Coach, we, okay, we to, hey, let's not have a Okay, nice having you, Coach. We got to go now. You're pumping Ryan's ego too much. All right. Hey, 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 we've tied hey, you man. up. No, a lot of your time tonight. Fred, genius. Keep the G word out of this. Keep so, that out of it. Don't, don't give him that one. I love it, man. He's Coach, a young we, professor. We he doesn't need no need help that. with his ego. We need to have some defensive no back talk, man. I'm already, I'm already infatuated with Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Dude is oh, yeah. Oh, baller. yeah. Baller. Kyle's from Georgia. I saw Kyle play. I trained Kyle. Kyle went to Marist High School. They're all Georgia kids, man. Mm -hmm. What is going on in Georgia? It's crazy. Oh, man. yeah. It's been going on for a while. Georgia players been balling for a while. Don't like – ain't no resurgent. Georgia, Georgia's been putting them out for quite some time. For a long time. What, what what you I mean, recently, a lot of those guys are now starting to – kind of get come out now they're all right here yeah. coming out i've seen all those kids playing high school well, well you mentioned um you mentioned sertan and uh and campbell playing up mm -hmm. down in florida i mean they yeah, had marco they, wilson on their team too anthony schwartz like that i mean that, yeah. that team was insane that, that uh, team was loaded boy yeah. anthony schwartz was man that's why he's gonna get picked now you didn't talk about speed what did he run at his pro day i think four two seven yeah, like I, that. No. I, yeah. I already knew yeah, I, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach, we've taken up way too much of your time. So if you want to, uh, real quick, shout out anything you want. If you want to just tell everybody how excited you are finally getting back into some structure for the team, all that oh. good stuff, whatever you want to leave us with. I just want to say thank you guys for having me. Um, we are on the map. Delta State is here. We are ready to play this fall. We play Jackson State the fourth game of the year. Uh, we're going to be loaded. We're going to be locked and ready to roll. Um, it's been a long time coming. Um, Junior Falk is going to be on that top small school list of players. But don't don't forget about Marvin Terry, Zane Samuel. Uh, these two guys are names that are going to rise on that board as well. Um, J.C. Horn is my guy. I love him. He's like a son to me. Um, I'm going to be in Atlanta next week. And if you see me popping bottles on TV, don't judge me. All right. <laughs> well, it depends right. on what the bottle is. I mean, if, it, if it's not a if it's not a nice bottle, uh, I, uh, don't I'm judge me. I'm gonna try to make sure I got a glass then, so y'all know what I'm drinking. Yeah, right, if, it's Corbell, if it's Corbell, if it's Corbell, I'm right. just gonna be like, "Come on, go!" Um, I'm, I'm I'm a big advocate for the defensive backs, man. I'm a big advocate for um, guys that bust their ass and, and rise to the top, man. I'm a big advocate for guys that. Um, come from nowhere um, and, and put their face down and put their head down and work hard. And, and, and you know, at the end of the day, like I said, in the beginning, the cream always rise to the top. Uh, check us out this fall. We're going to be ready. We're going to be locked and loaded. We got a, a, a tremendous team coming back. 
Um, we we long time coming. We just finished our la- our spring game last Thursday. Had a great spring game, and we're ready to roll, man. I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for this draft. I'm excited for um, a lot of these guys to get a chance to showcase their talents in front of everybody, in front of the world, baby. And again, thank you, Jeff Terry, defensive back coach out of Delta State. Coach, appreciate you again taking some time. We got to talk again soon. But yeah, man, back. always, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Hit me up, man. Yeah, David, I hear you over here giving your scouting reports and stuff, man. I need, I need in, man. I don't want in. All right. <laughs> I'll get you hooked up. We'll get you right. right we'll get you, we'll get you some Mav swag too. Yeah, I need that, man. I need some Mav. I got this Under Armour crap on, man. I need some Mav. No, you need some Mav swag. <laughs> I do, man. That look good. What you got on, Ryan? Is that a Norfolk State? Ryan, shirt? Nev- no, see, Ryan never wears the gear I send him. I know, so it's yeah. just like, it's always laundry night. Tuesday's always laundry night. So it's like, why did I send you Mav gear? Because he never wears it. It's usually a Notre Dame shirt. It's like, I think he gets paid sponsorship by Notre Dame is what I really think. I, I, I got a 12-week-old at home right now, okay? I got a laundry doesn't get done incredibly quick, okay? Sorry. My apologies. 12-week-old. Well, you know, you know how to operate the washing machine, too. No doubt. No doubt. All right, right, coach. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, man. Take it easy, coach. All right, David. That was fun. I know we went over our time. It's okay, (laughs) Coach Jeff Terry again, defensive back coach out of Delta State. Awesome time. David, let's wrap it up because we, you know, have gone over time. You're yelling at me. You're texting. No, me. no, like, no. I'm just let's saying. Go, let's go. Let's no, it go. was fun. It. And with all the technical issues we had tonight, I get it. You know, it is what it is. Joe's yeah. going to have his job cut out for him tomorrow. No need to know. Shout out. Yeah, I gotta love Joe. Super producer Sam is great, you know, uh, on the morning show. But Joe for Mavs, we wouldn't have a show without him. So I mean, he does what we need to do. And I just want to spend one minute talking about one institution network that we have jumped on and we're part of. You know, it's a great partnership with them, and we really appreciate all the love and support that they give us each and every week. Um, Now going forward, it's it's going to be a network of great shows, great podcasts that they're going to take our video and push post it on their network and uh so we'll not only be a podcast but we'll be like a video podcast here and they've started already with the promotions and they're creating more gear and more stuff for us um and, but our listeners uh, will go up in our in our impact on you know what we're bringing to the the community of podcast world is going to be there and i just thank them for the opportunity to join one's an institution and then and their nation of network and and you now Keenan Davis, Dr. Keenan Davis, uh, and everybody there, their love and support has been great over the last few months getting this off the boards and getting this going. So I continue to hope and uh, pray that we, we do right by them and, uh, you know, we incorporate ourselves well into their network. Absolutely. Big things coming here for Mav Sports Take. Appreciate everybody again popping on. We'll be back again Tuesday night next week, 8.30 Eastern time. Bring your questions. Send us a review on the podcast. Any platform that you use, Apple is preferred. Five stars. Tell them Ryan Roberts is awesome. Tell them David Turner is handsome. Don't lie about Ryan. Don't lie about me. I got bags under my eyes that are like freaking. They got bags on bags. You would think like I traveled 17 miles or 17 hours yesterday. You would think. Like, share. At Rise and Draft, at Nav underscore sports. See you all next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media. Share your thoughts on today's episode. And tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, 
This is Mav Sports Take. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.